Hey, welcome to episode 14 of Cougar Dash. I'm Cody Sheeler here, as always, with my co-host Ryan Root, ready to talk about everything Cougar football. Uh, Ryan, I know you have something you want to get out of the way about the other uh, WSU sport going on right now, or one of the others. So go for it, and and then we'll jump into it. Well, of course, Cody, thanks for passing it off. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Morgan over at uh, Beaver Dash for losing yet another bet that he's made against WSU. He lost the hair, but mm-hmm. he's going to lose a little bit of his dignity on the next Beaver Dash episode. We made a bet that you had to uh, draw the school's initials of the winning team on mm-hmm. you know, the opposite host's forehead. So if Oregon State won their basketball game last night, I would have had OSU up here, but Morgan's going to have some Cougar pride on Beaver Dash, so uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. But I just want to say uh, maybe my predictions for football may not be too consistent, <laughs> but uh, I'm 2-0 with the, with the mm-hmm. bets at least. Yeah, so, you'd think you know. that at some point he would maybe try to try to pick on, or mess with somebody else because it's just not working out for him. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to get into it. Back to football, which I know might seem weird because we've gone like almost three weeks without it. You know, obviously we were off last week because of Thanksgiving, but there wasn't even a game to talk about. So uh, I've missed it. I I think a lot of people have missed it. And so I want to talk about the breakout players. You know, obviously we've only played, we're we're over halfway through the season, but WCU has only played two games. So maybe it's a little early, but I think it's enough time to kind of see, kind of see who's really like stood out this year. So who do you got? Well, uh, as much as I'd love to pick uh, Macintosh, who you'll talk about in just a moment, and as much as I'd love to pick Delora, that'd be a little too easy, yeah, that's, right? That's so, an easy one. That's an easy one. Yeah. So as much as I'd love to pick Delora, I will uh, go onto the receiver, mm-hmm. uh, Renard Bell. I think mm-hmm. has definitely shown out this year uh, in terms of being a more, you know, number one, number two weapon for WSU as opposed to previous years we had, you know, Tay Martin or Desmond Patman or Arcanado. You know, mm-hmm. Renard Bell, I think, has stepped up pretty nice uh, with his game. I mean, we've only played two games. He's got over 200 yards receiving yeah. and only on the, the one touchdown for him. But he's averaged around 500, high 400 receiving yards uh, every season ever since being at WSU. So he's almost halfway there. And we played two games as opposed to 13. So he's definitely showing out as being one of those top weapons for WSU so far this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think... I think he's definitely one of the breakout players for this WCU team. Of course, not Delora, but why don't you why don't you talk a little bit about McIntosh? Yeah. Uh, first, I just want to say, you know, Renard, uh, he's leading the the conference in yards per game at like a, over a hundred. So it, with two games, yeah. Just keep that in mind. But yes, so we got we got to take our wins where we can get them. <laughs> a normal season, like he's on pace for like over like a thousand yards. Like the stats are going to look weird at the end of this year because it's going to be like. You know, in WCU's case, like maybe just five games. So you've got to look at the averages because those are what matter. And so, yeah, you know, like you mentioned, I'm going with Dion McIntosh. Um, kind of the easy answer. I mean, he's he's been the clear breakout guy for this team. You know, I took the easy one because I wrote about him. So, you know, if I'm going to write 800 words about a guy, I'm going to pick the, <laughs> the one with a lot to talk about. So I, I'm going with Dion McIntosh, obviously. Um He's got 239 rushing yards, which, you know, nor like at this point in the season, in a normal season, would still seem like a lot for a WC running back. But in two games, that's insane. I mean, he went for 147 in game one, you know, the the, the best rushing performance since like 2007. 
Um, and like I said, those averages matters because he's six in the in the league in rushing, which is impressive. But if you look at the guys above him, most of those guys in front of him have played four games. I think one of them has played three. So you know he he's on the pace. His his pace. Uh, uh if if he was if he would have played four games, he'd be third right now in rushing yards. Um, and that's you know against Oregon and uh, I mean Oregon State doesn't have a good rush defense, but Oregon's a pretty good defense. So you know maybe those numbers would be even better. But he, he's having seven yards per carry, which is pretty insane. I think he's got thirty four carries, which isn't a lot. But uh, of the guys that have more carries than him, um, which is I think six or seven um, guys, or I think six running backs, he's only behind Jamar Jefferson. Um, who is running away with with offensive player of the year right now? So if you're going to tell me that Deion McIntosh is 0.4 yards less efficient than this guy who's been tearing everybody up, I think I would take that. I, I think he's been really insane. And just to go with the breakout, you know, nobody thought that he would even be doing much, not because of skill, but because we thought he'd be behind Max Borgie. So he's been a true breakout in the fact that you know. He, he came in week one and surprised everybody, including WSU fans. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of Jamar, Jamar Jefferson, uh, we definitely have to give a shout-out to Oregon State uh, taking down the Ducks. I think it's fantastic that we've now gotten rid of the Ducks uh, CFP tour as far as the Pac-12 season was concerned. But, uh, you know, let's see. We got a comment here in the chat. Cougars D is ranked eighth in the Pac-12. It is, and, you know, we did have to play the number 11th team in the nation and give up, you know, 200 rushing yards to Jamar Jefferson, but... Uh, hey, not last. You know, not it's last. not last. It's not, uh, not last. whatever... Yeah, it's not whatever rank that we were last year in, in terms of the nation. I, we were, like, 116th or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not it, very close. Progress, it, progress, whether it's by little chunks or big chunks, mm-hmm. I'll take it, right? You know, I, that, I, I'm i not going to put much blame on the Wyoming yeah. defensive but, coordinator. But also, I mean, you can see why we both picked breakout players on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it, it's, yeah. still, it's still an offensive team for the time being. As much as, you know, we wanted to pick Aiden Hector uh, after mm-hmm. his great game against Oregon, uh, it's one game, right? I mean, these mm-hmm. two players uh, that we've mentioned have great performances in both the games they've played. Uh, I, I'll probably say Dion McIntosh has a bit more of an impressive performance uh, as far as, you know, they, he's rushing the ball, Renard Bell's receiving the ball. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I'll be honest with you, Cody, I, as much as I think McIntosh has played really well, if Borgie was in his position, it would be even better, you know, and it's not a knock on McIntosh mm-hmm. ne- necessarily, even though it kind of is saying that Borgie's the better running back, but I don't think there's much debate there, but you know, if Borgie was in that position, which of course, shout out to him, he returns to practice this week. It's great to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Borgie was in his position, I mean, we're talking about a considerable competitor with Jamar Jefferson, CJ Verdell as one of the conference's top rushers this season. Mm-hmm. We've only played two games. Am I going to say that Borgie would have had more rushing yards than McIntosh? Maybe, maybe not. Receiving yards, I bet you he would have. Yeah. And if Borgie was in his position, he'd definitely be that breakout player. And it, mm-hmm. and uh, as much as I love McIntosh, it's you know anybody can run against uh, anybody can run with a good offensive line, which I don't think there's mm-hmm. many doubters that WSU has a great offensive line. But McIntosh has been playing great. But you put Borgie in that position, it it would have been even better if you ask me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the reason that makes him such a breakout is the fact that 
you know, Max Borgie comes back this week. McIntosh is still involved. Like, this really came out of nowhere. Like, we saw flashes um, of him last year, but he did But, I mean, he just took an opportunity that he got and ran with it. I mean, yes, Borgie is, is up there with the best running backs in the conference, but I think McIntosh is up there right now. I think when Borgie comes back, you know, um, WCU is going to have two of the top 10 for sure, if not – you know, maybe even top six to eight running backs. So, you know, I, I think that's what makes him such a breakout is because, you know, this was somebody that was on nobody's radar. And now, I mean, he's a considerable threat for this offense. So I think, you know, you know, that is what's so surprising out of that's what makes it a true breakout. Not that, you know, a guy stepping up into an expanded role um, that we knew was coming is any less of a breakout. But I mean, there's a lot of things he's doing. I mean, just some of the things that maybe are, you know, you don't see, he, he does run a little differently than Borgie. You know, he, he, I think he runs a lot more powerfully, um, it, it breaks some more tackles, but he's shown an ability to pass block. This is something new in this offense. Obviously we haven't seen Max Borgie do it, but it's little things like that and his ability to do that. That's going to keep him involved in this offense. You know, even when Max Borgie comes back beyond McIntosh, it, it, he, we're still going to see him getting, you know, 10 to 12 touches a game because he's proven that he's, he's, you know, up there with, with some of the most talented backs. I want to make sure I pay attention to the chat here. Pretty sure USC's defense is better this year. The defense may be better, but we'll get into, uh, you know, how I think, how I think they're a bit overrated this year. That's just me. But, you know, of course we'll get into that. Make sure you stick around and I'm bummed you guys didn't play the Apple bowl. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. The Apple Cup is probably one of the most uh, historic college rivalries in college sports history, honestly. I mean, the fact that the last time we haven't played the Apple Cup was uh, in, what, World War II, right? Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. that alone can show how much of a, how much of a bleep show uh, 2020 is, mm-hmm. you know? And you're, uh, you're get you're cutting into you're cutting into the next segment a little bit there, Ryan. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off. We'll transition and then we'll go right back to that because I want to know your predictions for the rest of the season. You can predict anything. So I know I've got a couple. One of them involving that that Apple Cup. So uh, do you have a prediction about about the Apple Cup? Um, it uh, you know I, I'm wondering. Well. I was not expecting, I I shouldn't say I wasn't expecting the Apple Cup to get canceled. I think with the amount of issues that we had, it was only right to cancel it just for the safety of the players. But uh, um, I'd be surprised if it gets rescheduled. I know it's a, it's a historic game and not only WSU fans want to see it, but I'm sure UW fans want what they call an easy win. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'll, I'll leave that to a future episode if we get an Apple Cup, but uh, I'd be surprised if it if it gets rescheduled, honestly, because I number one, I think it's hard to reschedule a game just in general, not only with the NFL's part, you know, canceling the mm-hmm. the Steelers Ravens game about 10 times until they got to play a nice boring game last night. But, uh, you know, that's for professional athletes. These are student athletes who not only have, you know, class but they're not primarily athletes right they're not paid professional athletes i mean rescheduling a game for professional athletes is already difficult enough but i i'd be surprised if we get a rescheduled apple cup uh that let alone getting a rescheduled stanford game uh you know i i I bet you pat chun uh the athletic director for wsu i bet you he's probably doing everything in his power to try to get some sort of apple cup together whether it be 
Um, whether it be that week seven TBA opponent that we get to face, you know, that could be something, but I, I, I'd be surprised if it gets rescheduled, I'll be honest. So I did write this and make this prediction before Oregon lost to Oregon state, which puts a bit of a, uh, which dampens out a little bit, but I, I did say that I think the apple cup will be played in week seven. And basically from what I'm hearing is that this is game. This game is a high priority for both teams and for the conference. So if neither team is in the PAC 12 championship game, they're going to play this in week seven. Now that makes, that makes sense to me at least. So I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it's going to come down to Oregon versus UW. I don't think UW loses to Stanford this week, uh, so we can rule it, rule it off. Oregon's loss makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, Utah's absolute failure of his second half against UW also makes it a lot difficult because they're still undefeated, UW is. Um, so whatever the opposite of a shout-out is, that goes out to Oregon and Utah because they are, are ruining our chances to win because I also predicted that WC would win. I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want us to jinx it, but I, I'm still holding out hope that we see this game played in week seven. And I, I don't know. I, this is me being very optimistic. Um, do you have another prediction for the rest of the season? I've, I've got, I've got a couple and uh, comment in the chat. The ducks are overrated. I think everybody in the pack 12 is overrated right now. Uh, I said recently <laughs> that, Nobody deserves to be in first place in the Pac-12. Um, it should be COVID at number one, and then like maybe USC <laughs> at number two. Like nobody deserves to be the best team in the Pac-12 right now. It, it's funny you acknowledge that comment. I was just about to acknowledge that Scott Rodriguez going off in the chat. We'd love to mm-hmm. have some yeah. chat interaction here. But uh, Ducks are overrated. You couldn't tell me more. I mean, I, I know, I, I know. Watching that Oregon game a couple weeks back, uh, about the only thing I really could have said. Uh, that was impressive from Oregon is uh, yeah, they know how to run the ball and they know how to give their, give the ball to the running backs. You know, Tyler Shuck is really good at passing off that, uh, that screen pass to their three running backs. Right. Like I think Oregon uh, was definitely, it should definitely be a top 25 team just with their defense alone. Uh, although that didn't work out too well for them uh, against the Beavers. Shout out to Oregon state. Once again, I got to do it at least a couple times this show. I was real excited that they, that they it got ru- to knock them it out. Ruined but, uh, our, it ruined our Apple Cup chances. I, as a WCU fan, I was angry about that. Um, but give me, give me a prediction. Give me, a, give me a prediction for the rest of the season. You, you've got, you've got full reign to predict anything you want. Uh, without dabbing into our final topic too much, where we preview the USC matchup, uh, I, I don't think we get another game canceled. Honestly, I think WSU football has kind of had a uh, has, has kind of had a reality check with with things mm-hmm. going on. We we have basketball going on. Uh, women's basketball has had a little bit of a hiccup with their game this week, uh, but that wasn't on the WSU side. Apparently, Stanford's having some trouble in the W in the women's basketball scene. But uh, you know, I I think WSU has kind of had a reality check here. You know, if players want to play, you got to stay healthy. You got to social distance. for at almost all times basically to mm-hmm. get a game going on. I think the Apple Cup getting canceled was a real eye opener for this for this yeah. uh for this program because the moment you cancel our most famous game every year, I think they almost recognize that this is pretty much their duty mm-hmm. to make sure that they stay healthy and give fans, you know, not necessarily give fans a product. I'm sure they want to compete too. They wouldn't be here at WSU if they didn't want to play for WSU. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a reality check and I uh, 
I, I think we I think we get at least uh, well these these two games coming up in the third to be to be announced game. I think we get to play these three games. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the USC game that seems like it's going to be happening. That's that's WSU's last um, time going to California, which is where a lot of the problems are right now with just different restrictions being put in place. So Cal's coming here the week after, uh, which shouldn't be a problem. Um, and then that week seven game, I think, is going to be. I mean, they can schedule that, however. So I think they're going to make sure that that happens. So I I agree with that. And I you know I think they get five games played. Um, probably don't make a bowl game. But um, along with that, one of my other predictions is I think Delora is still going to win offensive uh, freshman of the year in the conference. You know, getting those five games, I think, is important. I, th- I think missing those two games hurts his cause. But, I mean, he could still have better numbers than Dylan Morris and, and play less games. Um, the, the UW quarterback is he's been getting the freshman player of the week awards since WSU hasn't been playing. I think they kind of... Uh, have a stranglehold on on those awards. So I think we see Delora get back to that um, with a good game against USC, uh, followed it up against Cal, and then whoever they play in week seven. I think, you know, there's not a lot of freshmen that are doing doing much to threaten him. I think, you know, if he plays all seven, he runs away with it. But, you know, I, I think this is still his award to lose, and I don't expect him to lose it. No, I, de- I definitely agree with you. I, Delora, if he was playing this whole time, would definitely have – uh, he he'd have this award, you know, ran away with. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I definitely agree. There's no real debate there. But uh, let's see. Rodriguez again says, uh, Colorado and UCLA, along with OSU, deserve a little credit for improvement. Well, I'll give OSU you it, deserves on, uh, credit, then we deserve credit because we yeah. beat them. So <laughs> show up. Yes, but... I I can agree with Colorado and OSU. Uh, you you can't get too much uh, UCLA praise on this show after last year's uh, catastrophe, but. UCLA, I, if I'm sure they've improved in some sort of category, mm-hmm. you can't win a game against Cal without some sort of improvement to that to that program. But uh, not not a big DTR fan. I'll let you know he, he's it's, a Cam Newton wannabe. Yeah. It's if just, you ask it's, me, but. it's hard to impress me in this conference when you know Colorado they're undefeated, but you know there's not a lot of quality wins in this conference. So I I'm not really that impressed because I think everybody kind of sucks this year. Um, but yes, I, I think that the Pac-12 is going to have and next year in a in a full season is going to have some surprising teams up there. Um, I, I would say I'd love to yep. see a um, in in week seven. I know it's a to be announced conference mm-hmm. matchup. I would if if Utah's opponent, uh, whoever that may be, uh, mm-hmm. doesn't get to play, or even if even if uh, that. Even if that to be announced game can go non-conference, if it's you know in a mm-hmm. home game, right? I think it's the stipulation. Yeah. I'd love to see Utah and BYU duke it out. I you yeah. know BYU is I think, yeah all Utah fans just have this it just this strong bond with their mm-hmm. with their respective schools. I'd love to see Utah and yeah. BYU duke it out, but uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed for that. <laughs> yeah, and Utah Utah had was taking a strong stance against BYU before they played, but now that they've played two games and not look very good i think they've kind of backed that back that up against against byu but um so i'm going to move on to talking about this game against usc um the, you know it's gonna it's kind of an a, another prediction um because i want to start out with saying even two weeks ago i i i thought wc was going to win this game not even looking at on paper matchups numbers i'm talking strictly from a narrative perspective 
of Jaden Delora coming off, you know, COVID, two missed games, USC riding high, undefeated, um, you know, trap rivalry game. You know, this game's being played on a weird Sunday. I think this is when WCU goes, oh, you think you understand the Pac-12? Well, guess again, because we're going to beat USC. We're going to cause the freaking Pac-12 South champion to be Colorado. And <laughs> I think WCU is just going to, you know, mess stuff up. Oregon State did it. Um, nobody else has really done it yet, but I think this is WC's chance to mess it up. Just from a narrative perspective, the freshman gets a big win in LA. Ruin, you know, WC likes to ruin USC's chances. Um, but yeah, we can get into some maybe some more technical stuff because that's all based on just hope. Now, I I can't uh, I can't deny the uh, the feeling in the air feeling that you have. I I, I for one kind of have that feeling with some games i'll watch i you know if i if i watch my team on tv i'll say well this may be a bit of a mismatch to some people but there's just something in the air i think it's just going to work out the sports uh, I agree gods with you love drama they just love whoever's control pulling the strings up there they love to just cre- they love to create some nice storylines and some drama so i'm expecting that on the usc side of things though i mean you can't convince me that this is a good top 25 team and I'll say it. And, you know, maybe we can cause some drama for your guys' uh, collab mm-hmm. show this weekend, but uh, I I just don't buy USC at all. If they weren't as lucky as they were weeks one and two, they'd be one and two right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they beat a Utah team that didn't get to play the first two weeks and they have a complete, you know, uphill battle to face this season after having such a great year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't convince me USC is this great of a team when they almost lost to Arizona. They were a lucky final, what, four or five minutes away from losing to ASU. Well, ASU is really, a great team. I'm not talking the, They perfected the wide receiver tips the ball to the other wide receiver um, play that has essentially won them both games. Yeah, you can't convince me this team is is really a top 25 scary team. I was more scared of Oregon than USC. I'll be perfectly honest. I... You know, Slovis is a, is a great quarterback and all, but even then, y- y'all were saying Slovis for Heisman and this and that after his great freshman year, but I just don't see it. I, I know that this season is unlike any other, and mm-hmm. we don't get double-digit games this season, and there's a decent risk of losing a game on a week-to-week basis. But USC, I, I'm sorry, but... I don't think you were supposed to be ranked in the first place. And every single game we've had with USC has had some sort of drama of some sorts these past, mm-hmm. these past couple of years. I mean, like if it wasn't for, I, I had, I've brought up the Minshew seasons plenty of times before, but if it wasn't for missing that kick and bad weather during the apple cup, we would have been undefeated that year. Okay. That's that year. And what we took down Sam Darnold and the number four Trojans when they mm-hmm. came over here too. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's just the point of I think USC you, you you guys can stick with basketball. I don't think anyone's denying basketball. You guys you know obviously are consistent enough to be impactful in the conference, but you, you guys almost lost to Arizona. Arizona is is was projected to go winless to some people, and he almost lost to them. So I, what is there to really say here? The Cougs lost to the eleventh ranked team in the country, who at least deserved to be in the top twenty five, but. You can't convince me that this is a scary twenty a top twenty five team after their first two weeks of barely winning. Yeah, I mean, I 
I disagree to some extent because this team should be a top 25 team. Um, and I don't know how much of this is just underperforming, how much of this is just a weird, you know, season in general. But I mean, I, I thought this was going to be the best team in the Pac-12 um, going into this season because I think that they have the talent and they have the players to be able to do that. You know, Slovis has had a bit of a down year, but I mean, he was great last year. Um, they've got talent all over the place. So, you know, if this team were to put it together um, and play, you know, a, a good game, I don't think they've played a good game, maybe that Utah game, but, you know, Utah had a terrible game. But, I mean, it, it's a, they kind of screwed themselves over in those games. I mean, Arizona, if, if USC learns how to convert, like, a fourth and one, then I think they kind of blow them out. So, it, so it's been a lot of mistakes, like, so, but I agree that this isn't some powerhouse team that I'm like, you know, super scared of because they have, you know, shown vulnerability. But I mean, Oregon was, Oregon was the same way. I think USC and Oregon are very close um, to, you know, in terms of competitiveness and talent. And, you know, Oregon made WC look bad in the second half. So this is definitely a game that, you know, I think it will be close because USC loves to play close games. They love to, you know, give their opponent a chance. Um, so I'm glad for that. But I mean, I, I've been saying it for a while. I, I I don't think Clay Hilton's a good coach. And I think that might be a lot of the reason why they aren't living up to their potential. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I mean, there's three games left. I'm picking WCU to win all of them. Like I'm over this. I, I tried to be realistic against Oregon and, and they, WCU did lose, but you know, I, like I said before, this is all hope. This is a season of the last three games are the season of hope, so I'm hopeful, and I think WC is going to win. Um, I I want to know, do you have a score prediction? I've got for the first time I actually wrote one down beforehand. I thought about this um, before, um, just in the moment. So I've really thought this one out. So do you have a score prediction? I don't have one written out, but if I take into account some uh, some factors real quick mm-hmm. on the spot here, I. This is not going to be a shutout. It's not going to be a blowout. It's not Mm -hmm. going to be a uh, low-scoring game by any means. Both teams are going to put up points. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going 31-27 Cougars. You're you're always you're always close. You you always say the first number you say is always one one of mine, and it kind of (laughs) freaks me out. But you never say the same one. I picked 31-30, and I added more onto it, and I said. We're gonna see a Blake Mazza game-winning field goal because I just, I love I love the what guy. a way to one, win that game. Yeah, one of my that'd be one of my, one of my predictions I I had that we didn't get to that I wrote about was that he's just gonna stay perfect, make everything right down the middle all year. He's amazing. Um, and like you mentioned, I don't want to call it a miss missed kick in 2018 because an offensive lineman blew his block on the uh, on the field goal. Right. He would have yeah. made it, so I don't blame him. Uh, I no. think he made like. 50 something yarder in that game. Um, and so I'm calling for some uh, some late game heroics, some close game stuff, just like the last two meetings. And I think Mazza has his moment. He's kicked a game winner before against Stanford. It wasn't a time expiring one. There's about 20 seconds left. I'm, I'm not calling, you know, a buzzer beater here. I'm saying, you know, uh, under 30 seconds, I, I think he's going to kick, kick it through the uprights and, and lead this team to victory so so i went even more i think 31 30 uh with a maza game winning field goal well i'll up you one i think uh yeah well you got blake maza with a game winning field goal would love to see that can't mm-hmm. say that it's you know unlikely to happen or anything but uh 
I think Delora is going to break the 300 yard mark this game. I, you know, he's kind of dabbled around with the, with did, the 250 range. He did it. But... He did it against Oregon. He threw 321. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're you're right. I yes, so it was for some reason that ago, so I don't blame you for forgetting. Yeah, it. for some reason with that Oregon game, just the second half <laughs> felt like such a such a dud compared to the first half. But well, it was. It, it didn't feel like yeah, it. It was right. Uh, Delora is going to break the 300 mark. I bet you. You know, if, if all goes well, we might see Borgie this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I won't put money on that. I, I'm yeah. sure they're probably going to ease him back into the into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see another 100-yard rushing game from McIntosh, if that's the case, because uh, mm-hmm. like I said before, he's been playing fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think that we're not going to see as many drop balls as we have in the first two weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully the receiver coach has, you know, put some, what, put some butter on their hands or something to make them – make it harder for them to catch it during practice or something so they can actually mm-hmm. catch it during the game. But uh, I, I think the W the offense is going to click and it's going to click. Well, the mm-hmm. defense is going to kind of be on their heels for a little bit, but they'll, they'll squeeze out a win in LA. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know we were predicting this before, you know, everything went wrong and, and the game against Stanford got canceled, but we were predicting the Jaden Delora kind of breakout performance in that game. So, you know, uh, carrying that over into this game i think you know if if he does it if he's able to do it here if he's able to put up you know 300 and three or three touchdowns or something like that then i mean that's a great game i you know uh his covid you know revenge tour wcu's on a covid revenge tour um that's what that's what uh we're calling this episode and the first stop on on the covid revenge tour is usc los angeles on a sunday some sunday night football um if you don't, it's like not the NFL. NFL. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, you know, turn that on Sunday at four 30. Um, and that'll do it for us. Uh, I just want to remind you guys um, that you can find our written content exclusively on sportspack12.com and you can follow them on Twitter at sportspack12. You can also find links to that written content on our website, dashboards.tv and make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at Dash Sports TV. Lastly, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dash Sports, where you can find all of our shows and clips. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I've got a crossover with USC host Nathan Ackerman tomorrow at 8 p.m., so, so tune in for that. And then we'll be back here same time next week um, to talk about that great win over USC. So see you then. Go Cougs.